0: Hey Molly, what can we help you with?
1: Um, so uh, my mom got me two tickets to the symphony, and I was wondering how I can like go and appreciate classical music so and you're... find someone to go with. That's so you're right.
0: not you're not a classical music person?
1: No, I'm like a booty shaker type person.
2: Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So when you go see live music, what do you go see?
1: Well. I don't really go see live music. Um, uh, Having, like, a two-year-old makes it hard to go out, period.
2: Okay, sure.
1: Um, Samba is my favorite. Okay. So more, like, Brazilian dance music kind of thing would probably be my first choice. But I like to, you know, expand my horizons and, like, try new things and go on weird adventures. So, like, I'm excited to go to the symphony, but I just, I also want to go with, like, what can I be looking for to appreciate this and rather just be like bored out of my mind
2: really if nothing else molly this could be a great opportunity for you you have a small child there uh, in the background getting out <laughs> to the symphony it could be just a great time to take a nap
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm wondering like that might just be what ends up happening is this like some quiet meditative time <laughs> yeah. time and I do love dressing up. That was the other thing. It's like I really like to wear, you know, ridiculous dresses that you have nowhere to wear them to.
2: Yeah.
0: So
1: um, I've been saving a gown for this this moment.
0: I feel like we could solve both of your problems, uh, needing to know how to enjoy it and needing someone to go with. If we could just talk uh, Itzhak Perlman or Yo-Yo Ma into being your date, because I feel like he could explain it to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, yeah. Finding someone who can explain it and but also be understanding that maybe it's not for everyone. I don't know.
0: Well, uh, we we're gonna we're gonna try and help you out. Great. Okay. Right now we are calling Itzhak Perlman, probably the world's greatest living
2: violinist. Hello, Itzhak. Hi. Hey, how are you? Who's this? So this is Mike. I talk like this. Oh, you talk like this. Okay. (laughs) And uh, my name's Ian. I talk like
3: this. Oh, there are two of you.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's
3: only one of me. Okay, good.
2: (laughs) So we have this friend, Molly, and she has two tickets. She's been given two tickets to the San Francisco Symphony. uh, And she, first of all, she doesn't have anybody to go with. And second, she's not a big symphony person. So she, she
0: is hoping to get some advice, things to look for as a first-timer, uh, how she can enjoy this experience.
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say she should listen to the work ahead of time. So what she should do is go to uh, any place, whether it's Spotify or, any, you know, or, or Amazon or whatever it is, and try and get recordings or download recordings of the, the entire program. And she should listen. Uh, The important thing is not just to listen once, but to listen several times. Because what happens is that when you go into the hall, you're saying, oh, my goodness, I know that piece. I've heard that before. But the important thing is not to go to a concert and listen for something for the first time if you can avoid that.
2: Itzhak, is there anything about the symphony that she can watch for? Because you, you hear about people who go to NASCAR races, right? Mm-hmm. And they go there to watch. They say they go there to watch the crashes. <laughs> is there an equivalent thing that Molly can watch for at the symphony?
3: Uh, the crashes. <laughs> well, she should listen to uh, to the wind uh, to the winds. She should listen to the brass, and then she should listen to the to the strings because. The sound of the strings is one of the things that makes uh, an orchestra play well. I just conducted the San Francisco Symphony, and it's a wonderful, wonderful orchestra. And they have wonderful strings. Just listen for the strings.
2: Wait a minute, though. In your experience, is there one section of that symphony that, will, that is more prone to making mistakes or screwing up that she, <laughs> could, she could watch for that?
3: Uh, no.
2: No. In your career playing and and conducting, what's
0: a time when something didn't go to plan that you remember, either either with the performers on stage or in the audience?
3: Well, I remember uh, somebody uh, um, you know getting sick during a concert of mine, you know, and I thought that it was uh, uh, maybe it was uh, a an, an, uh, criticism of what I did. <laughs> uh, that that happened. I remember once in Texas, and I was playing recital, and then and actually the the floors. The floors in the concert hall were made of uh, wood. And so when this person got sick, I could actually hear it. Oh. And it was a very, uh, shall we say, uh, a very humbling experience. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, I also uh, had a couple of people uh, uh, faint while I was playing, and I was. Hoping that maybe that would have been a an indication that they were so moved by my playing that they actually fainted, but I don't think that was the case. It probably was the temperature in the hall.
2: Is there one piece of music that you've played more than any other?
3: Um, I would say maybe a, the the two pieces I would say are on the on the on my top list would be the Beethoven concerto and the Tchaikovsky concerto. Those uh-huh. are the ones I would say I would play. I a- played the most.
2: And for those songs, because they don't have words?
3: Don't call them them songs, please. Selections. Those selections. How about concertos? How's that?
2: Okay, those concertos. Great. Have you ever um, made up lyrics to those concertos? (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, listen, there are some lyrics, uh, not for the concertos, but there are some symphonies that have lyrics, uh, and some of them are, I would say, X-rated, so I'm not going to mention them. But, uh, we would like you to mention that. No, 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 I don't think you should. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, uh, you know, for example, there is a, have you ever heard of the humoresque of Dvorak?
0: What I'm hearing is beautiful, but i I don't know if I can place it no.
3: okay, i'll I'll give it to you, you know, so uh, it's the words go like that. Passengers will please refrain from flashing toilets while the train is moving out of the station. I love you. We encourage constipation while the train is in the station. If the train can wait, then so can you. How is that?
2: That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, but you don't recognize the piece.
2: Never mind. So are those like, who came up with those words?
3: It's a mystery. It's sort of like a tradition thing. Uh, Have you ever heard of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony? Uh, Uh Sure. How does it start?
0: Boom, 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 boom.
3: Very good. I love that. Okay, so the the story goes is that, you know, Beethoven was quite poor, and he would, when he was living uh, in an apartment, he rarely could afford to pay his rent on time, and, um, So his landlady one time came to him while he was composing, and she says, Herr Beethoven, she says, you have not paid my rent, and, you know, I'm going to have to evict you. And he says, please, he says, please, don't, don't, don't give me a little bit more time. You know, I'm now composing, and you might even be my inspiration for a new piece. And she said to him, me, your inspiration? (laughs) And that's how the Fifth Symphony
0: Came to wow, be. it's a, I, I, I want to ask Molly had a another concern with this weekend. Um, she doesn't have a date to go to the symphony. Uh huh. Would Would you be willing? I think you would be the perfect date.
3: Yes, I was. I was actually. I didn't want to mention that uh, because uh, I, maybe she wasn't interested in you know an old violinist uh, to go to the concert. But you know, I would love to do that, but it's just I'm not around in that neighborhood, so I don't know when. When is this
2: Sa- Saturday?
3: This coming Saturday. Oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I, I have a concert, and I just can't do that. But tell her that you know, uh, I, I, in in principle, I would have loved to do that, and then I could uh, give her a uh, a description of what was going on as she was listening.
0: Well, as, as she tries to find a date in the in the. The remaining hours, do, can we at least give her your blessing that she can say, you know what? It's sucked, Perlman, one of the greatest violinists of all time, just canceled on me. Would you be my date instead? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
3: She, she, she can do that, you know. Okay. And and she would be. She wouldn't even be uh, wrong, you know. I mean, it's absolutely true. And I am basically canceled on her.
0: Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for helping out, Molly.
3: Oh, my my pleasure. I'm, I'm sure that I was of of great
0: help.
2: Itzhak Perlman
0: was recently awarded a Presidential Medal of Freedom.
2: And he's recently recorded a special track on the Broadway revival of Fiddler on the Roof's forthcoming cast album that's due out on Broadway Records on March 18th. Now's the part of our show where we like to thank the people who give us money. And this week, that's Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can avoid trips to the post office.
0: Buy and print official US postage for any letter or package some postcards, also an
2: option, Yep, uh, right from your computer. 500,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. That's almost half a million. Right now, use the promo code EVERYTHING for a special offer, a four-week trial. Plus a digital scale
0: and free postage. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone, and type in everything.
2: Support this week also comes
0: from the folks at Slendertone. They offer the Slender Tone Connect Abs, a smart abdominal muscle toner designed to actively engage and tone core muscles. Like your abs? The Slender Tone Connect Abs delivers electrical muscle stimulation technology in an interactive mobile app and online experience where you can set goals and monitor daily progress.
2: How to Do Everything listeners can now receive 20% off all abdominal toners at checkout. Just go to slendertone.com and use promo code abs. Do you think apples are worried about their core strength? Do you think that's something they think about? They do a lot of Pilates and stuff. It's weird. Usually a conversation,
0: like someone would ask a question and then somebody would think of words to say back. Yeah. I only have a feeling right now. I what, no feeling is no that? words. It's it's um it's just an image of fire. It's just an image of you burning. Me
2: burning alive.
0: I was watching a movie on Netflix the other day with my friend Ian, who has the same name as me. It's just confusing. Uh, And so in the movie, the dad uh, is pouring his kids some cereal, and I noticed that the, the box of cereal he's pouring is not Raisin Bran or Honey Nut Cheerios. It's called Really Good
2: Kids Cereal. It's fake cereal. Yes. Turns out there's a whole industry devoted to creating fake products for movies and TV shows. Greg
0: Bilson is CEO of Independent Studio Services. He's online with us now. They make
2: these things. So, Greg, uh, if you're making a movie, why couldn't you just use Raisin Bran instead of fake cereal?
4: Well, there's a multitude of reasons. But on the TV side of things, oftentimes you can't have, let's say, post-Raisin Bran being used because that TV product is sold to a lot of different Areas and those different areas may choose to use an advertising company that has a competing product, so they don't want to preclude those people from being able to advertise because they use the wrong kind of cereal.
2: Well, so how do you guys get around that then? What do you guys how do you, where do, where do you guys come in?
4: Well, we have creative artists that uh, get together and look at what really exists out there, and then come up with something that looks similar to that, you know, Fruit O's versus Fruit Loops and things like
0: that. Uh, can you tell us some of your favorites?
4: Oh, you know, oftentimes we're choosing something that looks similar to an existing product like Let's Potato Chips. Um, it looks very <laughs> similar to Lay's Potato Chips, but uh. it's a, a non nondescript generic version, but isn't pissing off Lay's Potato Chips or FedEx.
0: Okay, I'm just... So they're FedEx. I'm looking at it now. Uh, do you know what it's called? What is it? Sind X
4: or Budweiser or any of those types of companies.
0: All okay, right. I I also have their beers up now too. Okay. Okay. And I I don't actually know what their Budweiser exact equivalent is, but I do see here they have um, a version of Old English Malt Liquor. Uh huh. It's called Old British Malt Liquor. <laughs> I feel like if I worked there, I would also maybe make Colt Thirty Seven. Yeah. Or Heinz fifty eight.
2: So some of these products, it looks like it, there's the name and there's the, the artwork and graphics, but there's a a beer here, a Jekyll, I think it's red ale. Yes. That has a whole story about the beer. So it's not just a beer, but there's like the mood that the beer is supposed to convey. The beers are particularly
4: interesting because some have become very popular and have been used on hundreds and even sometimes thousands of occasions. So to some audience goers, it probably is a real brand to them. We've actually had a few distilleries and people reach out to us wanting to license that product and actually create a real beer based on what we have created a prop beer for.
2: Wait, so what beer is that? that has been? Um, Heisler comes to mind, uh,
4: a company that is in Chicago that wants to, to actually bring to the market Heisler beer for real.
0: Wow. So it's like it's the most popular beer in the fictional world. And so right. now our world is, is trying to pick it up.
4: I guess in, in their thought process is that they're taking advantage of potentially tens of millions of dollars of brand recognition and free advertisement.
0: So let's just say, like, for argument's sake, I'm watching uh, Dawson's Creek. Correct. Uh, and somebody is drinking a, a Heisler. Right. What beer is actually in that bottle?
4: It depends kind of what the actor or actress's preference is. Um, so, like James
0: Vanderbeek could be like, you know what? I love Coors Light. Can you fill my Heisler's with Coors Light?
4: Um, the prop master, on more occasions than not, will say no because it may seem like a good idea for takes one and two, but takes 30 and 40, when they're very inebriated, it probably isn't such a good idea.
0: So, James Vanderbeek could pick the apple juice he wants.
4: Yeah, apple juice. I mean, we use near beer, sometimes soda pop.
2: Here they have a version of a Kit Kat. It's called tit for tat. Hey, break me off a piece of that tit for tat bar. So I'm looking through these pages. There's, There's clearly
0: you all are having some fun coming up with these names. Do you sneak in things from your lives into these products?
4: You know, I would love to say that it's completely legit, 100%, and that never happens, but it absolutely happens.
0: Is there a product uh, you all make that makes a reference to you in any way?
4: Um, My last name has been used on a great many products, everything from vinegar to cigarettes. And when I see my name on there, it's it's kind of entertaining, um, and it can be used in a multitude of ways.
2: So, Greg, what was the last thing, uh, the last show where you saw one of your products pop up?
4: Um, Boy. I saw Liam Neeson smoking some um, Bilson cigarettes in one of his uh, airplane movies. Really? Um, yeah, it was kind of a close shot when he is smoking in a plane when he's not supposed to to calm down his nerves, and he did so with Bilson smoke, so I felt good about that.
2: That's great. <laughs> well, Greg, thank you so much for telling us about all this stuff. Oh, no problem. Well, that does it for this week's show, What We Learned Today, Mike. Well, I learned that uh, one of Beethoven's greatest songs was inspired by his landlady. It is weird to think of somebody like Beethoven who, you know... Mythical. He's almost mythical.
0: As somebody who had a a landlord. Somebody who rented his place.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, Beethoven has to call up the super because uh, his toilet's overflowing. I I think there is something comforting about that, though. That
0: Beethoven was, you know someone who would have that thing where Beethoven comes out of his building and he's walking down the sidewalk and somebody is walking right at him and uh, to go around each other but then they they both go the same way and they're just stuck there on the sidewalk and then one of those people is Beethoven.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or like you miss you can't find your lunch at work and then you see it Beethoven's eating your sandwich. The hell, Beethoven? Oh, is it yours?
0: How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Samantha. Samantha is in charge of animal wrangling for the podcast. And uh, I have to say it's been bedlam in here today. Samantha, you need to, you need to step it up. Nice work, Samantha. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. You can get us your questions at howto
2: at npr.org. And visit our website at howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, we're all done with this episode of How to Do Everything, but there's so much more out there to listen to.
0: We would recommend maybe All Songs Considered. It's like All Things Considered, except only
2: songs. All Songs Considered will keep you up to date with all the new releases in music, whatever the genre all songs they promise. It's uh, it's guaranteed. Hosts Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton find the best of the best songs for you to fall in love with. You can find all songs considered now at npr.org slash podcasts.
0: I mean if they're if they're true to their word, they're also finding the worst of the worst songs because they've It's all songs. Clearly they've they've made a promise to us. It doesn't sound all good songs.
1: It's all songs.